Welcome to Skills for Life, a podcast about high-demand jobs that are shaping future opportunities. This show is brought to you by the North Shore Schools Foundation. I'm Kira Dorian, your host and a North Shore mom. Let's get started. Today on the show, we have Michael Haverda. He is a wildlife biologist and graduate student in the field of wildlife science and conservation. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to speak with you. What an amazing industry that you are in. Can you start by just telling our listeners a little bit about the work you do and how you ended up where you are? After high school, I originally started going to college for engineering, but decided that it wasn't the field for me and switched to majoring in wildlife conservation at the University of Washington. During that time, I was also doing some volunteering on some wildlife science projects. And when I graduated with my bachelor's in science, I spent about a year doing fieldwork researching wolverines for the U.S. Forest Service in Woodland Park Zoo before I started my current position as a wildlife biologist and graduate student at the University of Washington, where I am studying the effects of urbanization and recreational activity on carnivores in Western Washington. Wow. Okay, we're going to come back to the wolverines because obviously I'm going to have to ask you about that. But before we do, tell me a little bit about the job itself and the the field that you're in. I I think there's probably a very obvious answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyway why you feel like this field is important, and how do you see the field transforming over the next five to 10 years as our young people are coming out into the workplace? Yeah, so there are a lot of different kind of avenues that you can take with wildlife science. So not all wildlife biologist positions are going to be exactly the same as mine, but I work kind of in the wildlife research aspect of it where we're trying to investigate the impacts that certain factors are having on wildlife. And for me specifically, it's basically the things that humans are doing. And the reason that I think that this is really important work is because right now wildlife are under a tremendous amount of stress due to human pressure. The number of endangered species threatened with extinction continues to increase each year, and so does the extinction rate. So it's really a critical time for us to learn ways that we can mitigate the damage that we're doing and trying to find ways to coexist with wildlife. Wow, that's really interesting. And so then will the field over the next 5, 10 years be progressing based on the decisions that humans are making and whether they're leaning into, you know, trying to fix this human-animal conflict or whether they're not? Yes, absolutely. Conservation science, which is kind of the sub-discipline that deals mostly with these types of issues, is the fastest-growing sub-discipline of wildlife science right now. So these are researchers that are looking at things like habitat loss, over-exploitation, invasive species, pollution, and of course, climate change. So I don't see the need for these things doing anything other than increasing over the next five to 10 years, because these are not issues that are going to go away. Right. Wow. That's really interesting. So I know you have some really important takeaways for our students that might be listening and parents as well. If people are interested in this, if they listen to this and they think, wow, I want to I want to study wolverines. (laughs) I want to you know, I want to save the animals from this pressure that they're experiencing. What are some things that they need to know that they need to be thinking about as they're pursuing a profession in this field? 
we get a lot of emails from high school students and college undergraduates that are interested in pursuing a career in this field. And one of the first things that a lot of them mention is that they have a love of animals. And while that's really important part of it, just having a desire to help animals and being curious about them, it's really important to remember that a wildlife biologist is first and foremost a scientist. So even though you'll get chances to interact and work with animals, you'll spend most of your time in the office or the lab planning your research, analyzing data, and working behind a computer. And so then it sounds like (laughs) someone like me who loves animals but maybe isn't so great at math is not going to necessarily be a good fit for this profession. Is that fair? (laughs) I wouldn't count yourself out if you don't have a natural love for math, Um, a type of math that is mostly involved with this is statistics. And so it's something that I feel that if you're willing to put in the work to learn, you can certainly still be proficient in those skills and have a career in wildlife science. But Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a way of escaping using statistics in the type of work that we do. Right. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And then it sounds like computer programming and, and that piece is important as well. Yeah. There's been a big change in how data is handled in the last 10 years or so, where it's just getting to the point that these statistical analyses are rather complex. And so most people have to turn to computer programming packages to run these analyses. There is one program that is pretty ubiquitous through our field that's called R, the programming languages is the letter R. And if you look at any of the academic papers that are coming right out, pretty much all of them are citing that they use R to do their analyses. So being able to program in that language is also an important skill. Okay, so I'm listening to this interview and I'm thinking, yeah, I I love animals. I want to do this important work. I, I can handle statistics and some computer programming. What else do I need to know? What's your second takeaway for our students? I think that just like with any profession, networking is really important to progress yourself in this field. So this means, you know, trying to get involved with people in the field that you're interested in. And one of the big ways that you can do this is volunteering. For me personally, the way I ended up in the specific position I'm in right now came through volunteering. I was originally volunteering with Conservation Northwest to do Wolverine research with them. And was taking classes at UW at the same time and happened to notice on one of our assignments, our teacher had a little drawing of a Wolverine on it. So after class, I mentioned to him the research that I was doing as a volunteer. And it turned out that he happened to be the mentor of the person that was leading the Wolverine research for the United States Forest Service. So he put me in contact with this person and they hired me as a paid employee to help them conduct their research in the North Cascades. And I met people working on that project that are the same people that gave me the opportunity to do the current research that I'm doing. So all of this for me was made in part due to the fact that I was able to network with people in my field and the opportunities came from that. Right. And it sounds like it started with volunteering on your end. Right. The willingness to just kind of put yourself out there and start start the work and start meeting people. Yes, I think volunteering is a important part of our field. 
it's really hard to go from having no experience to getting paid positions in our field. So volunteering is almost a necessary step for most people. Awesome. Okay. So finally, what's what's your third takeaway? What else do our students need to know? Students should just be aware that the job market for science is competitive and that jobs in wildlife science are really no different. So just expect that most of the positions that you'll be seeking will be asking for someone that has a graduate degree, whether that's a master's or a PhD. So if you want to be competitive in the field, the likelihood that you'll have to get a graduate degree is pretty high. That's not saying that you absolutely have to, but it will just limit the types of jobs that you can get. Okay. So it sounds like it's good to plan for a longer term post-high school education. Yes, it is. And one thing that I will say is that um, graduate school in our field is typically a little bit different than graduate school for a lot of other types of degrees because most graduate students don't pay directly for their tuition. They usually secure funding through grants or scholarships through the school that not only pay for their tuition, but give them a stipend. So you're actually a student employee while you're getting your degree. Mm. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay. So you don't have to feel like you're going to have to fund that yourself in order to be competitive in the market. No. In that, like I said, that's for, for most people in our field, I think that's the experience they have in graduate school. But of course, there are going to be exceptions to that. Sure. Okay. So I have to ask you, what is your favorite part about your job? What do you love about the work that you do? Well, it's always nice being paid to go work in outdoors in really beautiful locations. Um, some of the places I've been for work have just been absolutely amazing. And I have to pinch myself to remember that this is actually my job um, because it's, you know, hiking and backpacking and camping and being in the mountains or in the forest. And that's obviously very enjoyable. And of course, working with animals can also be very exciting, especially if you're interacting with them directly. But I also really enjoy the challenge of wildlife science. There's a lot of unpredictability that requires outside the box problem solving. And it's very satisfying to me when you come up with a solution to those types of problems. Wow, I, I love that. I love that so much. Okay, my final question, because I promised I was going to come back to these wolverines. Tell me the most interesting thing you learned about wolverines when you were studying them. Ooh, the most interesting thing I learned about wolverines. They are very hard to find. Um, I don't know if that's the most <laughs> interesting thing. There's a lot of things about wolverines that I absolutely love. You know, there are these animals that are relatively small. Males can get to be like 30 pounds but they can cover tremendous distances. Um, like a male wolverine home range can be over 600 square kilometers, and they might cover 30 miles in a day. And also just they're kind of regarded as being very ferocious despite their small size. There's been numerous documented cases of wolverines scaring grizzly bears off of animal carcasses to steal them from them. So they're just really fascinating animals that a lot of people don't even know they exist until you mention it to them. They just think of the comic book character. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Okay. Final thoughts. Who should our students be following? Where are the websites they can go to? What are those you know, next steps for anybody listening going, oh, I'm so interested. Get me to the Wolverines. Yeah. I mean, so there's multiple ways that you could handle kind of the next steps for this. Um, I think one way would be to try to volunteer with a conservation organization like Conservation 
Conservation Northwest or maybe at the Woodland Park Zoo to get some experience hands-on and see how you like it. There are also, Twitter is a great platform to follow different ecologists and see kind of what the day-to-day looks like and also to stay aware of what's actually happening in our field. And I have several people that I would recommend. I don't know if it'd be easier for me to list them or if you want to put them, if you have show notes or something. Let's do both. If you list them, we'll make sure they end up in the show notes. Okay. So my mentor at the Woodland Park Zoo is Dr. Robert Long, and he's a great one to follow if you want to see stuff about wolverines and then also someone that's kind of pushing the technological boundaries of research. Dr. Gabby Palomo, she's a carnivore ecologist at Kansas State University. Kaylee Swift, Dr. Kaylee Swift, she's actually an ecologist at the same school that I go to, and she plays a really fun game on Twitter called Crow or No, where she posts pictures of birds, and then people try to identify whether they're actually a crow or not. So she's great if you like games and some interesting bird trivia. In addition to that, I think following any of the kind of conservation groups like Conservation Northwest or World Wildlife Fund would be a great way to just kind of be aware of what's happening in wildlife management. Amazing. Thank you so much, Michael. I really appreciate all the information. We'll have all of that in our show notes and just your perspective on why this field matters and how our students might be able to follow the path um, toward it if they're interested. So thanks so much for being with us today. You're welcome. Thank you very much for having me. We hope you'll join us again and remember to hit subscribe to be notified about upcoming episodes. Join the conversation on our Facebook page, Build Skills for Life. That's Build Skills, the number four, and then the word life. To learn more about the North Shore Schools Foundation, visit us at northshoreschoolsfoundation.org. Thanks for listening.